Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Ring. The most important show about boxing with your host, David Diaz. Get ready for four rounds of sports talk in one hour with an emphasis on boxing, both amateur and professional. Now, here's your host, former boxing great, David Diaz. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Outside the Ring. I'm your host, 1996 U.S. Olympian and former WBC lightweight champion, David Diaz. We have uh, quite, uh, if you're into boxing, MMA, or other sports, you've tuned into the right place. We have quite a few things we're going to discuss here today. The first one is the obvious one, the decision on the Manny Pacquiao and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez fight, the trilogy. I'll give you my opinion and uh, definitely take um, any, I'd like to hear your opinions as well. You can call the show at 888-346-9144. Or you can send your questions and comments to me by clicking on Facebook or Twitter. And we'll talk about that on the, on the next uh, segment. Later in the show, we're going to have my friend and former female professional fighter, Rita La Guerra Figueroa. We're going to be discussing an article she wrote titled, Worth the Price? And what do you think? Let me take a minute here to say, everyone, to indulge me for a minute. Uh, this is the first launch of, of my first show, and I got to admit to you guys, I'm very nervous and a little bit excited. No, I'm just joking. It's supposed to be the other way around. I'm a little nervous, but I am very excited about this opportunity that's been given to me. Um, I'm going to promise you one thing, that I will definitely get better at this. Um, it might take like five or six shows, but I promise to get good at this. Um, first... I got to admit that uh, we have uh, quite a few things I want to do first is uh, introduce my guest co-host, Matt, the Money, money Smart Guy, Sapala. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the show. All right, Dangerous. What's going on, champ? Glad to be here to co-host your first show, brother. Uh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, be here with me today. I, I want to start off first uh, by taking a minute to thank a few people that have made this possible for me. The first, of, uh, the first person I want to thank is, is you, Matthew. Uh, without your guidance and uh, mentorship and your friendship, uh, a lot of the things that are happening right now in, in my life wouldn't be possible. So I'm thanking you uh, on air in front of uh, millions of people. Thank you very much uh, for, your, for this opportunity. Also, I want to thank you because in being with you and being around you, I was able to meet um, a, a uh, a friend who 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 made this possible also as well. He's a two-time national uh, 
collegiate uh, World Series uh, champion uh, from the U, Marcus Nettles. Marcus. He, yeah. Yes, sir, Marcus. Marcus Nettles. He, he, um, he also did my website. For those of you who have uh, tuned into uh, diasportsinc.com, this man uh, does it all. He even dances salsa a little bit, from what I'm told. That's he right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he danced it pretty good. And through Marcus, I was able to meet the lady who made all of this possible. Amazing. Um, yeah, she she was she's an awesome person. I've only met her through the phone, talked to her for a little bit on the phone, but um, through Marcus and, and her, and especially her, she made this possible for me. And from the bottom of my heart, and a big uh, hug goes to. Corrine Lewis. Uh, I want to thank her so much for, um, again, making this possible. Without her taking the chance on me, it, it wouldn't have been done. Um, also want to thank uh, Ray Ellis for having me on the show yesterday and uh, sort of getting uh, my feet wet. And um, Voice America team, because without them, you guys wouldn't be able to hear me. So um, thank a big thank you to all of them. Um, there's also a special thank you I want to give to uh, a, a special woman in my life. Uh, the minute, well, the second time I met her, for those of you who know my story, nothing but great things have, have, have happened. Um, good things. She's always uh, steered me in the right direction, wanted nothing but the best for me, and always gives her heart and soul to me. And not only that, she's uh, the mother of three of the most beautiful boys I've I've ever seen, not just because they're mine, <laughs> but, uh, but um, to my wife and, and partner and friend, um, Tanya Diaz. I, I, I love you, baby. Yeah, uh, Tanya. I know you're listening, and uh, you always help me out in everything I do, and, and you're, you're, you're really the champion of, of, of my life. Um, well, I want to start off first by uh, giving a quick bio uh, on myself. Um, um, as, as I said before, I went to the Olympics, but what started me into boxing that uh, most people don't know is that uh, at the young age of eight, um, I started going down, downstate here in Illinois, and um, we were able to go to the state championships, which was Peoria, Illinois, and Moiling, uh, Illinois at some times, and to me, that was like the biggest highlight of, of boxing because I thought Moiling and uh, uh, Peoria, yeah. Illinois were the biggest... <laughs> Citizen, you know, it was like going to another place, staying at a, staying at a hotel, and you know, eating McDonald's for free, and you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Later on, I started realizing that I was able to um, travel. I was able to see uh, Illinois, um, Indiana, um, uh, Michigan, Ohio. Then I ended up going nationally, so that kept me into the sport. And it wasn't until I was like 15 years old that I won the 1992. Um, U.S. Junior Olympics that my dream began as to, to represent the U.S. in, in the Olympics. Cause I was, how, I how, that, how old are you, David, in, in the 92 Junior Olympics? Uh, 15, 15. 15 years old. So, wow. Yeah, I, I won the Junior, junior Nationals, and I, and I won a trip to Ireland, you know, to, to go represent the U.S., and I ended up going there, and that's where my dream began as um, wanting to, to represent the, the U.S. in the in the Olympics. Um, later on, I, I continued on, on that journey. I became a four-time Golden Glove, Chicago Golden Glove champion and a three-time national Golden Glove champion. 
And in 1995, I, um, I won the berth to uh, represent the U.S. in the 1996 Olympics. So in 1995 and 1996, David Diaz was the best thing that uh, the United States of America had to offer in the 132-pound, 39-pound uh, class. And yeah, uh, I, represented, <laughs> I represented the U.S. in Atlanta, which was one of the best feelings in the world. I'd like to say it's uh, the second most uh, important day of my life, the first one being my kids being born. And, yes, my wife comes in a close third. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, champ, who, who, uh, who, went, who went with you in the Olympics in 96? Uh, in the Olympics, that's, that's the thing, man. This is the beauty of, of that Olympic team. We had Antonio Tarver, David right. Reed, who won the gold medal. We had Fernando Vargas, Ferocious El Feroz, uh, my friend, uh, F Fernando Vargas. We had Floyd Mayweather on the team, Money. Money, money. yeah, that day we, we did not know about him as Money. We just knew him as Pretty Boy Floyd. Pretty um, boy myself, <laughs> yeah, myself, um, we had um, Eric, Eric Morrell, who is still fighting. Uh, right now, and Terrence Carlton, a lot of great fighters in, in, um, wow. yep. So, um, so that, that's pretty much a little bit of a bio about myself of what I did and the amateurs. Um, then later on, I, as soon as I, um, got out of the amateurs, I, I went into professional boxing. I got signed up by, uh, one of the best promoters, um, now and then. Um, top rank, Bob Arum, were the wow. first ones to sign me out of uh, out of the Olympics, and I moved into um, professionalism. I started getting paid for it, and um, <laughs> went two years into it. So it was it was pretty cool, you know. And then after after a while, I, hey, I Chan, gave up. Hey, Chan, real, real quick, what was it like yeah. to get hit without headgear though? Without the headgear, oh, it was it was it was pretty uh, amazing. Actually, I got hit the first time without a headgear in a, in a sparring session because um, I had one of my friends, I told him, hey, put on the eight ounces and um, let's spar. I'm going to spar without a headgear and you're just going to go at me and, and, and swing. Needless to say, I, I did okay. I felt good. It felt comfortable. So that was kind of a warm-up to what was to come in, in my professional career. Nice. Yep. So then after that, I, I just started um, boxing. I moved out to Florida, which was a... Uh, uh, I signed uh, with the manager out in Florida, South Beach to to be exciting, Miami, South Beach. But it was um, kind of like the wrong move because I needed to be back home in, in and be grounded. Uh, South Beach was a little bit too crazy for me, and I <laughs> I fell <laughs> I fell into the into its uh, sand trap. <laughs> so, a teenage boy in early uh, early twenties yeah, out there, twenties, huh? and, and you know had a little bit of money huh? and. Um, I had a little bit too much fun and didn't decide, um, didn't take the sport that I was taking, that I love seriously. So I moved back and, uh, because of family issues as well, uh, I had a brother who passed away during that time and, um, I left the sport for about two years. Then, um, then comes along the, the, the lady that, uh, has, uh, has been in my corner ever since, my wife and, um, good things started happening after I met her and we got together. I started getting back into boxing, uh, got married and, um, became world champion at that, you know, had great fights, ended up losing my title to one of the best fighters in the world. But, um, 
that's pretty much what I have done in in the boxing world, and um, I I think so far it's it's it planned out well. And through that boxing, I'm able to be right now right here on Voice America, where I could talk about the the sport I love, which is boxing, MMA, and um, definitely I'm gonna be um, telling you guys about my hometown team sports, which are the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears, the Blackhawks. My the Bulls, Cubs, the Bears, the Hawks, the come Bears, on, yeah, and and definitely I'll be chiming in from time to time because I got a lot of friends that like the White Sox. I'll definitely give them a plug or two um, later on in the show. So, Very um, nice. so Matthew, uh, give a little bit about yourself to sure. people. You know, yeah, I'm known as Chicago's money smart guy. Uh, I uh, did about eight years in the United States Marine Corps active duty. I served in the Persian Gulf War in uh, Somalia, Africa, and uh, came back home here to the great city of Chicago, did two years in the reserves. You know, just like, just like you too, David, you know, um, understanding things from a, at a young age. You know, I was, I was enlisted at 17 years old. You know, you know, there's, you know one thing I like about the show and what you're going to be sharing over the weeks is that there's stuff that goes inside the ring yep. and there's stuff that goes outside the ring. Yes, and sir. I, I like knowing that, uh, you, know, well, you know, the three minutes in your round and, and the one minute in the corner, and there's other stuff around fighting. There's other stuff that we go through in life that we're going to be talking about, through, you, know, you know, through your show. And that's why I love, man, being part of your show and the inaugural right. show about it is to talk about those, those circumstances that it, it's, it's, it's about the whole package, about what right. makes Ma- the sport you love. Let, let me tune in real quick, Matthew. Let me cut you off real quick. I want to tell everybody to stay tuned. Because we're going to be talking about the Pacquiao Marquez fight and on our next segment called The Outcome. So we'll be taking your calls later on the show and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hibbert. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is a segment called The Outcome. But before we get into this segment, I want to give back the floor to, to my, my mentor and friend, Matt DiCipolla, because I uh, cut him off real quick. So, Matt, can you please um, continue? Oh, no, not, not at all, David. I just, uh, just excited about your show, launching your new show here. Honored to be here with you. One thing I got to ask you, though, champ. Over, over the years, uh, you know, going the transition between Miami and Chicago, uh, what, what, what really was the love of the sport that brought you to back, back to the ring, got you back to fighting? You just said it, the fighting. The fighting was the, the, the thing that I just loved, that competition, uh, um, getting in the ring and, and, and just fighting. I mean, and the camaraderie in the gym, that's what it was, man. Every time you go into a boxing gym, everybody – whether we're beating each other up in the in the ring, but outside the ring, we're joking it up, having a good time, yeah. and encouraging each other to do better, or you know, you know, being to everyone a coach, sort of say, like helping them out in in, in everything they do. Nice man, that's yep. awesome, brother. Good to go. So, man. so Matt, you were with me here at uh, my house uh, watching the Manny Pacquiao, but we we started watching the undercard. Now, sure. I wanted to talk about the undercard because there was a fight that brought, brought me sort of back to, to when I won the title, which was the uh, Alvarado and Presides, uh Prescott um, uh, fight. Did you see that one? Actually, no. I was in transition to your uh, house. By the, the, one, the one I caught right before I got there was the uh, yes. Casamayor fight. Oh, the Casamayor fight. But let me tell you. The the Mike Alvarado and Prescott uh, fight was awesome. I mean, this guy Mike Alvarado had the will of of, of a lion. He was in there, um, gunning it. He knew that he could obviously uh, end up winning the fight. He just had you could see it in his eyes and in his demeanor of uh, fighting that there was no quitting this guy. Um, he he ended up stopping Prescott. Prescott, I, I believe it was in the ninth or the uh, the, the the last round, and. Wow. The, the 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 amazing thing about this is that this kid, I believe, fought the fourth round with half of his lip hanging out. Woo! Yes, sir. That goes to show you that and tells you that these fighters, man, they're no joke. You know, they uh they come there to fight, and especially on on a big stage like the Manny Pacquiao and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez fight. I mean, they they obviously know that uh, a lot of people are going to be watching them. Now, when your when your lip is hanging off like that, man, I mean, as a fighter, are you feeling your face at that point? I mean, is your face numb from getting from getting whacked oh. out with the leather? Oh yes, definitely. I've gotten a lot of people who've seen my fights. I've, I've most of the times I've gotten cut above the eye or uh, definitely at the eyes, bloody nose and stuff like that, but never to that magnitude. But my last fight was a, a eighteen stitches um, uh, to heal to uh, heal it up, so it was a pretty deep wound. 
But um, yeah, we we are determined to to win the fight, regardless of what's in front of us or what has happened to us in our face or or, or whatever it is. Gotcha. And that, that's another thing too. I mean, if the doc, if the, if the arrest brought the fighter to the doctor, what's a, what's a fighter's demeanor? When oh, he's that- we're we're like, man, let this fight go. I can do it. I can see. Don't worry about it. This is nothing. And that's what happened in that fight. Um, the, the referee came in uh, from time to time to check up on him. And the, right. uh, my, he was like, I'm all for it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I could swallow this or spit it out. <laughs> so he was, <laughs> he was real good for it, man. Um, the, other, the other fight that was on the undercard was um, one that, you know, everybody pretty much knew what was going to happen. And that's the fight between um, Timothy Bradley, Desert Storm Bradley, and Joel Casamayor. Right. Now, that fight, I know you were watching because we were sitting down and we were talking about it. And um, we've seen, obviously, that uh, uh, Timothy Bradley dominated that fight um, yeah. because he was a younger guy, more strong. He's great shape, man. He's great shape. Yeah, great shape and everything. Now, you have to understand that uh, uh, Joel Casamayor is, is a Cuban exile from the amateur uh, boxing boxing team. You know, and so... Sure. This guy on his uh, on the birth certificate, he he told well he showed uh, the U.S. this saying that he's 40. But us amateurs that have fought in the USA boxing know that majority of those guys tend to <laughs> lie about their age. <laughs> they tend to lie about their age. So I'm pretty sure that guy is probably like about 44, 45, just shy of his 46th birthday. But um, we knew all that that was going to happen. We knew that. He, um, uh, Timothy Bradley uh, did his job and did it well. You know, he, he went out there and he executed what he needed to do. In winning gotta, that I gotta, fight. I got to ask, David, you know, you know from the, on these 200 card fights, you know, since I'm a business guy and since I'm a financial guy, you know, for, from, for a fighter, from the business aspect of these 200 card fights, right? For a guy, he's got his lip, lip hanging off. <laughs> and, you know, Casemiro basically his corner throwing in the towel. Yeah. Is, it, is it financial? I mean, how financially rewarding is it for these fighters to be taking these, these type of fights in this front of, in this type of crowd? For for Casamayor, it's definitely a, a, a bigger payday because he's uh, on the co-main event. He's and he's fighting a, a young guy, Timothy Bradley. So for Casamayor, probably this would be his last uh, big pay, paycheck in, in the sport of boxing. Mm. Um, and now. For Mike Alvarado, this is the opportunity that gets him that big paycheck. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, right. This, 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 this opportunity for, for Mike Alvarado to be on, on that undercard and to fight the way he did and, and pull it out the way he did with his lip hanging out and, and stopping him in, 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 I believe it was in the last round, it just raises his stock up. People are going to want to see that because they've seen – the lip hanging out and him fighting forward and going forward and pushing through. So, so they want to see that. Mm-hmm. All right. So guess- right now, what we are going to discuss is the main event. The oh. main event, <laughs> the trilogy. How everybody, uh, how they named it, named it the trilogy of Manny Pacquiao and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. For those of you who are are tuning in and uh, just. Um, being here because my family or friends told you to listen. Um, Manny Pacquiao and, and, and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez have fought three times. The first one, um, 
Manny Pacquiao knocked Juan Manuel down three times in the first round. He came back. I believe he won that fight. I believe he won the first fight, but they gave it to Manny Pacquiao. The second fight was a too close to call fight that I believe Manny did enough to win and Juan Manuel didn't do enough to win. And um, now the third one. The third one was the deciding one, the deciding factor to make sure to see who's who's the number numero uno. But um, I I personally thought that Marquez pulled it off. What did, did you? you think? Yes. Gotcha. Matthew, uh, what did yeah, you right. think about the fight? Well, you know, like I was sharing with you at your house, you know, you know, I, it, it, was, it was amazing because. Um, you know, you saw in the replays there where Marquez was, you know, he's bobbing and weaving. And he was expecting the angles and expecting the barrage of shots coming from Pacquiao. I mean, he was really well prepared this time around. But I don't know for me, from a, from a, from a fan of the sport and me never ever being inside the, the ring like you, but being a fan of the sport, you know, you look from the outside. One of the questions I ask myself is, did Marquez do enough to take away the championship instead of just scoring on the cards? And and if I was a judge, you know, scoring the fight, uh, there's one of the things I'd be considering, too. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, see, I, I, I actually, when I saw the fight, I thought Marquez had won the, um, the fight. I had him up by one round. But the last round, I, I kind of saw it. And, you know, being the emotional, you want, you're, you're in the emotion of the fight. I saw that Marquez started off the round too late. Yep. You know what I'm saying? In, in order for him to win it. So then fast forward uh, uh, two days, I, I watched the fight again on Monday. Marquez didn't do nothing the last round. Absolutely right. nothing. So right. what I'm trying to say is that my emotion was involved a lot in, in, in that fight. I wanted Juan Manuel Marquez to win, you know, just because he got a raw deal on the first one. Granted, the, the, the second one wasn't good, but... Um, you know, I wanted Juan Manuel Marquez to win. You know, a Mexican guy beating, beating the Filipino. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody has done that. I know that. what you, know, you mean, I, you bro. You know, you're Filipino and everything, brother. But, you know, that's, that's the big thing right now. You know that nobody can beat Manny Pacquiao. Nobody can. Not even a Mexican-American like myself. I ended up losing nine rounds. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But now... To, 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 to be this uh, sports uh, broadcaster now, now I'm going to take that road because i seen the fight. And then I said, well, you know, it's kind of a close fight. Let's see what the punch stats say. Now, mm-hmm. the punch stats at the end ended up saying that Manny Pacquiao hit Mar- Mano Marcus 33 more times. Okay. So to me, that just goes to show that I think the judges got it right, you know? Just on based on just based on yeah based on based on the accuracy of the punches, I believe um um the the judges got it right. I, I honestly do just just based on that because you got to take away the emotion feel because everybody every time Manny Pacquiao went back, Pamela was hitting him, but he was hitting the gloves and everybody was getting all happy because majority of the people that were in Vegas were Mexican people trying to go see Pamela beat. Um, Manny Pacquiao. So that's right. why I, I think I, I do, after seeing it all, without the emotion in it, without me wanting Juan Manuel to win, I, I, I believe the judges got it right. Sure. You know, one thing, too, is that one of the things um, I took notice during the fight was his corner was telling him that he was ahead. Right, Marquez's exactly. And, I, was ahead, and I think that's why it was conservative in that last round. 
That's why I believe I believe um, I had Marcus up one round, but I believe they cost him the round, the, the fight that way. You know, I I I, I think they should have let him go because he is the challenger and he's going after the champion. You got to right. take it from the champion in, in that sense. You know, absolutely. Um, so. You know, and that that's that that's how I saw the fight. I, I did see Manuel win the fight from the heart, and but after seeing it again, I believe the 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 judges got it right. The punch that said he had more more punches than than um, Juan Manuel, so I believe that's the way it is. You I, know, I um, too, we're, we're going to be going we're going to be going into a break right now, so I, I want you guys to stay tuned for my next segment titled "The Fighters' Corner," as I talk with my friend La Guera. And we'll be right back to Outside the Ring. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rose has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. I like to call this segment the Fighter's Corner. And in this segment, we're going to have my friend and female professional fighter who is retired, Rita Laguera Figueroa. Welcome, Rita. David, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on your show. This is great. Oh, thank you very much, Rita. I appreciate it. And you're, you're obviously my first guest. Uh, on the show, but the reason I brought you in uh, was because of um, of uh, of uh, of a Facebook um, article that you wrote titled 
worth the price? What do you think? Uh, but before we get into that, I want to give you guys a quick bio uh, on, on Rita. She's uh, obviously a female professional fighter, but she's retired now. And she's a uh, turn trainer. She's a boxer and a martial arts instructor and a third-degree black belt. So, Rita, yes. let them have it so they can respect you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you want to um, talk about that? Yeah. Or? yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get, let's get to the... Um, Talk about that article. Well, you know, I, uh, I wrote something after I posted something about Joe Frazier, you know, a, a, a condolence message, and, and I got a reply that pretty much said, you know, boxing is really not worth the risk. You know, people, you know, this stuff happens, which didn't make much sense because Joe Frazier died of cancer anyways. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it brought up a good point. It brought up a point, you know, um, of, of, do people do fighters? Well, I know how a lot of fighters feel, but how do p- people feel as far as fighters? The risks they take, the injuries injuries they receive, and you know, is it just worth it for them to get in the ring and do that? Um, so I put it out there, and I got actually quite a few responses that were, you know, some good, some bad, some just, you know, just stupid, but ignorant. <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> yeah, you can say, it, girl, we're on uh, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I want to tell everybody that not everybody knows this, but see, uh, Rita went all six rounds of her last professional fight. And when she went into the locker room, she feel, she felt a little bit, um, lightheaded and, and, and she started throwing up. So the worst of the thing is that she, she couldn't even write for her own check. So everybody there around, thank God, knew what was going on with her. Comes out to be that, uh, Rita had a, ruptured uh blood vessel in 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 her brain so she went to emergency yeah she went to emergency uh brain surgery so rita how how did you feel how do you feel now and how do you feel about all all of this you know i actually i feel good i'm i'm very blessed i thank god every day so i i feel really good obviously i'm not fighting anymore so um Mm. you know but i honestly i think and as crazy as this sounds, and, and I guess you have to be a fighter to really understand what I'm talking about. And David, let me—I'd like your opinion. Um, but knowing that I'd go through that and, and come out on this side and be here and go through just like the, the surgery, the all that stuff, I I would do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, boxing has awarded me many many opportunities. Um, you know, meeting yourself and your wife and your and you know all that stuff as as one of them and. And I just think that, for me, it was worth it. Right. And, and you have a lot of credentials in, in the sense of, of writing that article because that article is why we're here because you went through all of that. And you understand, and like you said right now, you would go through it in a heartbeat again, as as I, I feel I, I would too as well. Um, a lot of people don't – you're right. They don't get it. They don't understand that we we enjoy doing what we do because we love it. It's just part of us that, that we like to do. Yes, we know that there's a danger to it in the back of our head, but we tend not to even think about it at all. Right. We, yeah, we know that that's about the it. last thing that we want to talk about. Well, I, I think once you start thinking about it is, is when you get overly cautious. Yeah. And, you know, we get in the ring and, and we do what we love to do, and we know there's a risk. Well, there's a risk with sitting on the couch eating potato chips every night, too. There you go. Yeah, Rita, yes, what would you be doing had it not been for boxing, though? What was your other choice? Uh, well, you know what? I, I actually do have a full-time job, so I do work. Um, you know, I, I 
did not rely on boxing as my sole profession. So I'm still working and still doing that. So um, actually, I, I had two choices. I was I'm, I'm still currently work for AT and T, and I was a professional fighter. So yeah, nice. And and now now Rita is uh, uh, training other other fighters to, uh, to go on professional or just training them to to get healthy because a lot of people uh, do boxing uh, to become healthy and to lose weight and to do all that good stuff. Right, Rita? Best workouts in the world. Yes, and yeah. you know what? And it, and it really is. I, I train some, some am, amateur fighters that are doing really well and, and some people that, that don't want to fight and just want to get in there and do the training. And, you know, and, and like I said, you know, it, there, with the risks and everything, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of fighters I heard from that, that agree that they would take the risk. And, you know, people take risk every day by, by the choices they make, whether it's, you know, like I said, sitting on the couch eating potato chips or, or not doing anything. You know, that's a risk in itself. Yeah, it sure is, especially out here in the city, Rita. Yeah. You know, with, yeah. uh, with 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 everything that that that's going on in 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 our neighborhoods and and the kids, you know, I I always I for me I I'd like to thank boxing as well because if it wasn't for boxing, I wouldn't been able to do any of the things that I've done. Um, like I said before, traveling, going to another country, representing the U.S. in the Olympics, and becoming a world champion and because of boxing, it has given me that outlet to meet a lot of people, and right. it, it, it's got me to to meet Matthew Sapala. So you know that that's a win-win right there. You well, there know? you go. <laughs> you got to go to the Philippines too with Pacquiao, didn't you? Know, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you, and that's the thing that like a lot of people. Yeah, we'll we'll beat each other's brains in in the ring, but outside the ring, we're more than gracious. We're we're good people. Uh, the easiest people to get along with, uh, crack jokes and and just good people all around. Absolutely. Really, I mean, I'm, I, I know, David, you are too, and some of the people that I've fought I keep in contact with, and we talk quite often, you know, and, you know, see each other, talk to each other, make sure everybody's doing okay. So, you know, people just sometimes get the wrong idea of, of you know, every fighter's got to be a thug or this or that, and that's just so not the case. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, Rita, so for everybody that, that's listening, I want them to uh, know your record because everybody likes to know the record. Oh. What was your record in, in, in boxing? My record was 10-2-1. 10-2-1. Yeah, there you go, girl. I lost, I lost that last fight by one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's all right, though. I mean, the thing is that, that you came out okay and um, everything's moving forward for yourself. Like you said, you're, you're doing... Um, training now and training yeah. other kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted to touch on, on another thing. Um, you've come real close with uh, Rodriguez family. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, they are. I've known the Rodriguez family for for a long time. I with with especially with Evaristo and and Alex. Uh-huh. I I grew up in the uh, in the amateurs with them. Now their younger brother, uh, Francisco Paco Rodriguez. He ended up losing his life in the ring, in boxing. And, um, yes, it's a sad thing, but like Alex and I have talked before, he died doing what he, what he loved doing. He wanted to become a world champion and, and he was a champion at heart because the kid was awesome. But, um, also in all that, the thing that happened afterwards, after his death, the, the, the champion that he became was 
he saved, I believe it was like about seven people's lives yep. Yep. by being, yes, like by, by, by being an organ donor. So um, I also want to dedicate that this, this, this show and segment uh, to, to Francisco uh, Paco Rodriguez because uh, he just is an awesome, he was an awesome kid to begin with and still, uh, you know, after death, keep on giving. And um, there's another secret that um, I'm, I know probably Alex is going to get mad at me, but um, I, I got to reveal because uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to let everybody know and everybody tune in to the Rose Bowl Parade when they do the Parade of Roses. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Francisco's face is going to be on the Gift of Life float for that parade? Hmm. And I believe Alex is also uh, flying down. Oh, there you go. Then I'm not the only one. You're letting it all out too. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. See that that's that's just an awesome feeling. Like I told him, I was very proud of uh, of his brother and what he and his family are doing to keep uh, Francisco's name alive. Yes, and and how gracious too, because you know when they were going through all their stuff, they were reaching out to make sure I was doing well, and that just goes to show you the character of that family. They are just. Wonderful people. They really are. Yeah. Um, and also that um, I want everybody to know that his, uh, the death of his anniversary is coming up um, November 22nd. Um, I don't have the details yet of where exactly it's going to be yet, but I will po- put it on my Facebook, on my Twitter account, and on uh, Dia Sports Inc., the website, and let everybody know because I really do want – um, everybody who's listening to go out there and at least for five minutes of your time, go out there and um, um, thank the parents and, and tell them that this kid was an, was an awesome kid and, and, and the gift he, la- he gave to everybody else was indeed uh, remarkable and was never selfish. So um, in that, I, I want to thank everybody and I hope everybody can see and they come to the website and, and to the Facebook, Twitter, and I'll be putting up... Um, the 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 where it's going to be at and everything. Rita, you got any final comments? No, I. You know what? I, I wish you the best of luck. I think that's great. And you know, uh, with the Paco, I, we get the information. We'll put it out because you know, I the family does you know deserve all the the respect and support because they've been just you know they've in their sorrow they have helped so many people and it's just a a testament to the people that they are. So if we can give something back to them, you know, just just a, a smile or a hug or a handshake, I think it's they just appreciate it. Um, and, and David, for you, you know what? I think this is awesome for you. I think they, they found a perfect guy for this. You have, you know, you're, uh, one of the boxing good guys. So it's just really good to see that you're, uh, you're out there doing this stuff. It's great. Thank you so much, Rita. I guess oh, paying, yeah. you that, paying you that $50 did come in handy. <laughs> wait, wait, I thought that was just a down payment. <laughs> no, no, no. But Rita, Rita, you really got to tell the people real quick what you're doing and where you're training people at. You know what, I, I, uh, I, I train, I, I bring the guys over by Chicago Boxing Club, you know, because Sam, of course, Sam Colonna was my coach, and, you know, God love him. Um, and I'm also at Degerberg Academy of Martial Arts, where I am a martial arts instructor still. I've been doing that since before I started boxing. And actually, next week, I'm going to start uh, teaching boxing oh. classes at New Breed Jiu-Jitsu uh, out oh. in Niles. So that's going to be Mondays and Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. So. Rita, i got to be a sportscaster and cut you off because i got to tell everybody to stay tuned for the championship round. Okay, we'll be brother. right back. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, guys.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to outside the ring with david diaz if you want to give us your questions and comments call us right now at 888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. Yes, we are back and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is the segment that I like to call the championship round because anything goes, you got to go all out and uh, we're going we're gonna to do that here today. And um, first of all, I want to start off, Matthew, by saying that I want to I had gotten this uh, uh, question from uh, this one guy named Rick from Chicago who asked me, who is responsible for get for getting fighters hurt? Is it the fighters who fight too long or fighters taking the wrong fights? That's a good question. You know, but most fighters tend to blame the commission, promoters or matchmakers. So he asked me that question, and you know what? Really, really, it comes down to the fighter and the managers that are managing you. If you don't have good people behind you, they will put you in there with anybody, mm. you know? And, and right. that just, I've been blessed. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to, to uh, been around um, great people. And um, the first one that, that, that comes to mind is, is, is Jim Strickland. He's like my grandfather, man. I mean, he t- he's been t- for, for real. He's a, he's an older gentleman. He's almost like about 83 years old, but he's been with me for the last 10 years uh, of my sport in boxing. And also um my my other trainer, Mike Mike the Fly Garcia. I mean, he's he's been a friend. I've I've watched them fight in the amateurs and in the pro. 
He's mm-hmm. been awesome to me. You have to have good people behind you that not only take interest in how you do, but how you're doing outside of boxing. And to me, I was I was fortunate enough and blessed to be by those uh be with those two um, individuals who who have really um helped me out in my career. And um, where I am today is because of them. I'm here hosting the show because I can still speak to you guys, and I haven't taken those dangerous fights where um, I'm overmatched or you know stuff like that. You know, David, I gotta ask though. You know, when when a fighter's up and coming, you know, kind of like you were. You know, junior Olympics, moving on to the Olympics, and then you have a you have a transition to the pro career. I mean, in 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 the desire of being a professional boxer, without being hasty about it, you know, how how, do, how does if there's a listener out there right now, how do they be intentional with putting the right people in the inner corner? Well, what they gotta find out. They, they they gotta find out by by themselves. It's gonna be a little bit hard because a lot of people, when when you're a good boxer or a fighter. A lot of people, they'll promise you anything and they'll give you anything. I, I tend to think that the people that stand out the most is the one that say, hey, we can get you there together, but I'm not going to be giving you all this stuff just because you're a fighter or just because right. you're good. Just because if he's making you work for it, I believe that's a good person. You know, I honestly do believe in that. And that's how it was with Strick and Mike. They made me work for everything in the sense of... uh you got to get your ass up. You got to go run. You got to do this. You got to do everything and follow everything by the book. So, you know, I, I think if you look real hard, real hard and, and look into the person that's by you, if he's always a yes man, no, yes, yeah, don't worry about it, yes, yes. Honestly, I mean, there might be something um, uh, fishy that you might really want to look out. But if this guy's like saying, no, you got to do this in order to get that, you have to. You have to go through through the toughness to get the rewards. Right. That's what right. that's that's my belief. I also wanted sure. to give out a, a shout out. I got a I got a, a text from the Tafoya on Twitter from the Tafoya Warrior, one of my friends. We got a shout out to uh, it's true Hamlin Park. Um, that's where I made my bones in the amateur career here in the Chicagoland area, and uh, a big shout out to Bill Hagelin, Danny Nieves who was my coach in the amateurs, took me all the way to the Olympics, was with me when I, when I uh, uh, got the Olympic berth. And um, a big shout-out to them for uh, helping me out and everybody who came there at uh, Hamlin Park. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, all right, Matt. Like yes, man. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I got to ask you something, man, being a Mexican fighter, though. Yeah. You ready for this question? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all know we love Mexican food, right? We yes. Love enchiladas, tamales, right? Some uh, yes. Uh, pollo guisado, you know. But how, is that really good fighter food for you to be in a tip-top shape to be in a ring? <laughs> um, it all depends on how you cook it. Uh, um, the 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 problem that I had with uh, my mom cooking my meals is that she used a lot of oil. <laughs> she used a lot of oil, so and the tortillas are very heavy. The bread, obviously, but if most of the stuff when when it's steamed, obviously, and 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 if if you cook it right, it, it'll be good. Excuse me. The 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 the, the tamales, obviously, are very bad. <laughs> Man, those are nothing. <laughs> that's very bad for you. And, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you said the holidays are coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tamales. Oh, they'll they'll put 
they'll put quite a uh, three or four pounds on you that uh, you you do not want. So they will have that on you, you know. And um, also, I, I wanted to say real quick, man. You know, a, a lot of people were were saying of of this tri- uh, tactic that uh, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez had on on Manny Pacquiao, uh, him stepping, uh, uh, Juan Manuel stepping on on the lead foot of of of, oh. of Manny Pacquiao. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, you know. It obviously limits the angles and the mobility of, of Pacquiao, but uh, is, is that a fair tactic? Uh, is, is he intentional about it? Well, I think if he's intentional about trying to ground him, you know, that's, that's trying to get yourself. It's almost uh, obviously on the lines of cheating there. So if you can't beat the fighter straight up, you know, I know that's, it's a veteran move, but if you have to depend on that to beat the, beat the champion, then that's why Pacquiao still has the belt. Yeah, but see, like, that's the difference between um, um, a softball and a right a right hand fighter fighting that um their lead foots are always going to be together right so true. that that is always going to is going to is going to happen you know um and so that that that's just part of part of the fighting when it happens i have i have uh i believe i have one call on 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 on, on us and it's uh guess who it is marcus marcus can i what? What's up, man? Hey, hey, how y'all, how you guys doing? Good, good, Marcus. Good, good, good. So I guess you're the only one listening, huh? <laughs> no, no. We got some people listening. I had to call in and uh, tell you guys congratulations, man. I'm happy for you, Matt. Man, uh, you're doing a great job, David. You're definitely doing a great job. But I had to tune in and show my support and tell my boys what's up. Oh, oh man. man, thanks a lot, Marcus. Thank you so much for everything. Yeah, um, I wanted to uh, ask you, too. I actually had a question um David, for you, if you don't mind uh, me asking, um, from the boxer standpoint, and, and Matt, this is for you also from the financial side, since I'm a, I'm a numbers guy myself. Um, as a boxer, just as you have a, have a, I guess a, a coach slash trainer to help you in the ring, do you have a, a coach slash trainer to help you financially? Because this is a business too, and say, hey, David, you should probably make this amount of money before you start taking certain fights or before you can do X amount of dollars to help your family off the field because, I mean, being an athlete is being an entrepreneur. You really don't know when your next, where your next paycheck's coming from. So do you have people surrounded by you to help you with those important decisions because at the end of the day, it, it is a business? Yeah, it is a business. But, um, see, mo- most of the fighters that, that, um, that come up from the ground up, man, um, um, I was fortunate enough to have people that, yeah, told me where to put my money, save it up and stuff like that. But some of the fighters don't. They, they come up from really ground up. I came from an amateur, a great amateur background, Olympics and everything. So I got in touch with a lot of people that wanted to help me and do the right thing. But, yes, definitely a lot of the fighters do not um, have that financial person to put point them in the right direction. Okay. And, Matt, have you, have you had a chance to – does that idea sound sound something that that is that something you you have been able to broke into like been able to talk to athletes and motivate them, and have you used that to have that make sense for for athletes since you are in the financial industry? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Marcus. Because you know the 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 the, the downside to making the chunk of money that they do is that um, uh, without the right financial people in their corner and a good chunk of their purse or the contracts, 
or endorsements could be eaten up in taxes you know, right from the get go. So, um, you know, being able to, especially with the money that they're making, professional athletes with the mo- amount of money that they're making. So, there, there needs to be several people there, but you need to have one lead trainer, just like David would have inside the corner. You need to have one guy isolated, kind of like the quarterback or the lead trainer that's leading that team to help you minimize what you paid Uncle Sam, maximize what you bring home to the family, so therefore you make the right financial decisions uh, and, and taking on the right fights down the road. Okay, good. I, I think that was something, you know, I just wanted to know from the boxing standpoint. I mean, speaking from a, a former athlete myself, um, I just know the things that, that was offered to me, and it was a lot of things that was missing, and I think it makes sense that you had uh, Matt piggyback off off you or have him as a as a co-host or guest co-host for your show and i just kind of wanted to reiterate that so you know people can hear it and just to get the thoughts from the, from the boxer standpoint and from your standpoint so what about um, you marcus when, when you were when you're in your uh, playing baseball what, what what in your opinion what was missing from you when you uh went to into the world of professional sports um fortunately enough i um i was around the right people but i can't say it it was a lot the financial support wasn't there. You have a lot lot more agents in front of your face trying to take your money as opposed to <laughs> what to do with the money you're gonna get. Yeah, that's the way it is, man. Real quick guys, I, I, I gotta cut you guys off because I wanna give up. I got thirty seconds left. Um I'm running the show, so I get to do what I want. <laughs> so um, dangerous. Uh, I, yeah, the danger is being the pushy now. <laughs> no, but I wanna I want to again thank everybody, Marcus, um, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank especially Kareem Lewis. Thank you so much. I want to thank my boy Larry, who was on the line. He was going to be on, but uh, we we have to cut it off. I definitely want to take my my beautiful trophy wife, like uh, Matt yeah. likes to call it, <laughs> Tanya, Tanya, for for all her support and always being behind me, baby. We're, we're doing it. So uh, again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Outside the Ring. I am your host, David Diaz. Until next time, maybe I'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us. Outside the Ring with David Diaz can be heard again next Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you next week.